Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com, Fightful.com, here with the very smiley Denise Salcedo of InstinctCulture.com. How I'm you sorry, doing? something almost made me laugh right before we went on the air. That's why I'm like, what wanting not it? to laugh really It's because we were both awkwardly just silently yeah. waiting for the stream to start, and I was like, what should I do? And then I yeah. think you sensed it as well, too, and I just needed to laugh after that. <laughs> So uh, you guys, if you've watched us for a long time, before Denise ever came along, we did Google Hangouts, which was you press one button, you go live. With the new software, you hit start stream, then you got to hit preview, then you got to hit start stream again, then you got to wait for the actual stream to launch. So I sit there and I tell uh, Denise or Warren or Alex or Jeff or Anna or whoever it may be, hey guys. We're going to start, and then we always just sit there in silence for 15, 20 seconds. And sometimes, like, I can't say, I can't, like, shoot the shit with Denise, because sometimes it picks it up on the live stream, too. So that's that's the struggle we deal with. But, um, boy, there was a struggle dealt with in WWE late last week. Uh, we have a special report up on Fightful Select about that. But uh, you guys can check us uh, talking about that. Uh, out at length on Wednesday's Listen Your Boy show. That is our weekly news show. Fightful.com has a show for everybody. Mondays after Raw, Wednesdays after NXT and AEW, Fridays after SmackDown, we do breaking news podcasts, shows after pay-per-views. Wednesdays, we have the Listen Your Boy news show. Then over on Fightful Select, our premium service, we have the Backstage Report. We have the Q&A show this week. You can ask me as many questions as you want if you subscribe. We have retro reviews. We have Alex's completely negative Raw and SmackDown uh, reviews, Sour Graps, The Weekender Podcast. There's something for everybody over there. Broke several stories on Fightful Select this week. Denise, I'll get some brief thoughts on one of them that I broke. Uh, the Saudi Arabia travel situation. Like I said, we'll talk about it at length Wednesday on Listen Your Boy. But what were your initial thoughts when you heard all this? Oh, man. Okay, so I feel like my thoughts yesterday 
were different from the day before and then till today with all the news that's coming out. So first thing when I found out that this had happened and, you know, all these stories sort of sort of started coming out saying that, you know, that Vince left and some of the other talent left, you know, and the talent was left and that they weren't allowed to, you know, book other flights elsewhere and that there was this hostage situation. I just kept thinking to myself, this is absolutely crazy. And the repercussions of this is going to be even crazier, especially once like media outlets start picking it up, like really start pushing it mainstream that this actually happened. And but then, you know, they released this press release that says that certain talent, you know, I forgot the exact wording of it, but that, you know, that certain talent, you know, was able to leave and that certain wasn't. And it kind of just made the talent that was there look really bad, which was very unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And it's just been really crazy sort of seeing certain guys reactions to it and uh, certain reactions to what we're seeing now, like AJ Styles reaction versus some of the other guys was just very different. So now it's sort of like, I feel that we don't really have the real story there's still so many questions to be asked so that i just feel like my opinions are being shaped (laughs) differently every time i hear something different because i'm like i don't know what to believe i kind of feel i believe a little bit of everything i believe that there was certain issues but at the same time i also believe we're not hearing the full story and then when we got the press release today that their partnership partnership expanded it was completely out of the blue. I don't think I expected Expanded. seeing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I looked at it and I was like, 2027. Then I was like, wait, what year are we in? And I just, I, I don't know. It was not what I expected to see in my inbox, you know? So we are going to break that down at length on Wednesday's Listen, Your Boy podcast. But over on Fightful Select right now, I've got an update on the Ring of Honor, Greg Gilliland, Ring of Honor, or uh, Joey Mercury situation. He talked to me and he did not have a filter I broke the news that Randy Orton was pushing a stable with the revival to Vince McMahon personally. We've just got tons of stuff over there. Subscribing to FightfulSelect.com is the most direct way to support us and what we do. Helps pay our writers, our podcasters, our editors, all that good stuff. But uh, if you all want to donate a Super Chat live on YouTube.com slash Fightful right now, do that. We'll answer your question. We'll read your statement on the air. Let's go ahead and talk talk about it. WWE Raw. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out. And a big question is, how would they explain Brock Lesnar just leaving SmackDown? Because if he could leave, why couldn't everybody else? Well, Paul Heyman said, Brock Lesnar has a no-cut contract. He can't be fired. He's, not, he's special. Nobody else is. Roman Reigns can't do this. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But he almost made sense of it by saying... Raw traded SmackDown, Nikki Cross, and Alexa Bliss for future considerations, draft picks. And it seemed like he started the thought of saying those future considerations ended up being Brock Lesnar. But he didn't really finish that. To me, Denise, I want them to finish it. I don't care if they say it's Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, and the rights to draft the Usos and Naomi. Whatever you got to do to just make sense of this situation, that's what I want. Because that's my baseline for enjoying pro wrestling is... Make it make sense. And I think they're right there on this Brock Lesnar thing, but not quite there yet. 
I actually kind of like the realism that Paul Heyman added to it, where he basically said, guys, this is Brock. You know, he's he, like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. They can't just go jump from brand to brand. But you know what? Brock can because he's different. He's special. He's like the top main guy, whatever you want to say. And I actually really like the realism of that. And then I kind of just thought it was crazy how Paul Heyman just kind of went off and then called them the rest of the rost- roster bitches and all yeah. of this stuff. I was like, man, Paul Heyman is on it tonight. And then even later on, he said some more stuff where I was just like, you know what? I really like when we get this aspect of like realism, you know? Oh yeah. Paul Heyman was cutting loose tonight. Uh, he did bring up Ray Mysterio says that Lesnar is better than all the bitches in the back that think they're tough guys. And Lesnar is on the hunt for Mysterio. Lesnar completely manhandles a stage hand, just like tosses him around, does that to a couple more people, kicks a limo door and we just see him tearing through stuff backstage. I think that's a good use of Brock. Like, have him tear stuff up. Why not? But later on, he comes out, and Heyman gets in Lawler's face and says that when Brock kills Lawler on TV, nobody will be there to bring him back to life this time, making light of the heart attack thing. And when he said that, I did go, Ooh! I know. Well, especially because, you know, Lawler has brought this up, you know, quite a few times on social media, you know, so obviously, come on, like, that was a serious thing that happened to him, you know, and so for them to bring that up, I thought was like, pretty shocking i mean obviously you know that it was you know okay with the both of them which was you know fine you know nothing happened he survived and all of that but i just thought it was i i thought it was pretty awesome honestly like i like that because it was shocking and i thought that it was really like okay you really want to paint paul Heyman as and brock lesnar as heels you do it with stuff like that a very good line i thought it was amazing it really takes quite a good line to kind of get that oh reaction from the crowd, and they did it. This was I thought that was a perfect line. I thought it fit really well. Uh, they did a mention that Brock's contract has been absorbed by Raw, so that's official. Uh, Dio Madden, however, steps up to Brock, and Dio's a big boy, former NFL player, and as I posted on Twitter, he's got more wrestling matches since August than Brock does. Like. He's, he worked pretty recently, but he got F5'd immediately through that announce staple. I just feel like he became the best baby face of 2019 in like two seconds right there, okay? Because, you know, I just thought like, yeah, you know, if he's saying this to, you know, to the king and, you know, obviously they're friends and, you know, he's going to get pissed because he's a legend and this was a real horrible thing that happened to him. So, yes, I'm going to get in Brock Lesnar's face because, you know, I'm angry about this. And I really, really like that aspect because, you know, we search for people that way, like, you know, in real life where it doesn't matter, like, if someone that's like, you know, like, tougher than you is somebody like a Brock Lesnar and no matter what you're if you're pissed and they insulted you like you're gonna do something about it regardless of your position you know regardless the fact that he's just a commentator so I just thought to myself like this is awesome he gets in Brock's face and obviously it doesn't go towards his favor but either way like I feel that I became a fan of his you know just because of that one small little thing that he did like it was enough to make me like his character and the thing is, uh, to to my knowledge, and I could be wrong, I don't think he was forced out of the ring due to an injury. I think he just was offered the commentary gig and got it. I, I could be wrong there. But obviously, well, I'll say this. Obviously, it wasn't that bad of an injury if it was because they just put him through a table. 
Like, Corey Graves does not take bumps. He doesn't do anything. He is an announcer that does not get involved in storylines or angles uh, physically. However, Dio Madden is still in his late 20s, by the way. I'm pretty sure he is the youngest full-time Raw commentator ever. Ever. So for the next 10 years or so, you got a guy that can get involved physically in angles and can be that. We saw it with Lawler for a long time. We saw it with JBL. And now they have that with Dio Madden. Rey Mysterio wore Lesnar out with a pipe. And I just love that he was like, sorry, Dio, you're going to have to piss off because I'm going to beat this dude with a pipe. And I do love how opportune Rey is with this. Every time I see Rey attacking Lesnar with a weapon, he looks like he's really fighting for his life here. And I dig that. And backstage, we see Ray saying that Brock came for what's important to him. So he's going to what's important for, for Brock. Now, I, Ray Mysterio, quite frankly, his promos historically have not been great. I think his best promo work ever has been this year, Denise. Uh, and I said it on Twitter. I'm ready for stem cell Ray Mysterio against no USADA Brock Lesnar. At Survivor Series, <laughs> I, I love everything. The Mysterio attack, the promo, the match. I'm digging it all. I like the fact that he always, you know, if he's going to come out with, with something, he's going to come out with a weapon because I feel that the fact that he feels the need to have to bring it out not only puts over Brock Lesnar as like this big monster, this beast, this person that you need everything that you can possibly have in your arsenal to take down. Um, I think it adds to that. And it also adds to this, you know, edgy Rey Mysterio where we're talking about the fact that he's really starting to get angry in these promos. Like we're really starting to feel that he's pissed. Like, Hey, look at what he did to my son, Dominic. Like I'm finally feeling that anger from Rey Mysterio that, you know, one should have if, you know, Hey, your son gets beat up, you know, especially the way Dominic did. So I really like that whole aspect of it. I thought that whole, that whole segment went really really well from the line from Paul Heyman to Dio Madden to Rey Mysterio coming out and I'm glad Rey Mysterio came out too because prior to that I was thinking man how hard is it to find Rey Mysterio <laughs> you know so so yeah I liked all of this yeah I, I thought this was as good as it could possibly be from start to end Heyman explaining everything that he could explain the beatdown backstage the attack on Madden the line on Lawler uh, the Mysterio stuff this was just good pro wrestling TV. Uh, Zach Schimmel with a huge super chat over here. He says, I can't think of a worse crowd for this show to take place in front of. Dead crowd, Denise. Yeah, I called that out when it was the Buddy Murphy-Cedric Alexander match. I was like, guys, we're seeing a pretty good match here. Like, had that match been on a pay-per-view and a couple minutes longer with a nice little belt, people would have been, like, raving about it, you know? And so when I just, I, you know, there was a few claps here and there, but it wasn't anything to where I was like, guys, we're watching something good here, you know? Like, that's when I felt it was most noticeable. Zach Schimmel says, don't let everyone at Fightful not get paid and join Select and keep them from being homeless. That's true. If you don't <laughs> join Fightful Select, the entire staff is homeless. So you should probably just do it, guys. Just do it. Rob Wilkins says, what the hell was with that crowd tonight? Brutal. Yeah, uh, we're talking like not just the match you you mentioned. Adam Cole wrestling in front of a dead crowd doesn't happen. And it happened here tonight. And that's a shame because I've really put over a lot of the crowds lately. They've been inconsistent. But tonight just wasn't it. I, I Tonight was a, a complete ass crowd. It was bad. Just bad. 
They had a couple of moments with the NXT chants, but that was about it, though. I don't know what it was, to be honest. I, I, I think that part of it was the fact that they maybe they thought they were going to get more of the NXT uh, aspect uh, into the show itself, kind of like SmackDown. And maybe when they weren't getting that, I don't know if that maybe brought them down. No idea. Andrew Thomason says Dio is roughly two feet shorter than Sean Ross Sapp. That is a fact. That is a fact. I'll tell you what. Being so tall really helps me, like, stomp children. Like, that's one of my great pastimes, uh, is stomping children. You know what really, really made last week great to me, Denise? What was it? It was so cold and windy on Halloween that there was no trick-or-treating here. That is just so sad, honestly. So that really just brightened, like... You know, I I don't deal with social media backlash that well. And really, the only thing that cheers me up is the total misery of children. So, Natalia and Charlotte Flair defeated the Kabuki Warriors. We still don't have a reason to why they're teaming, but here's the thing. I I don't know why they teamed in the first place, but I see why they continue it. And that's because they're winning matches. Natalia, in particular, has been on a hot streak. She has not been pinned in her last, like, seven matches, she's got six wins over the last month. She's won at Crown Jewel, and she's won in, in tag matches. She's won all over the place. Uh, I was, I, I think that this is the right kind of push. Usually when they push Natalia, it's quick and abrupt and 50-50 and just, just really, really just not there. This has been. Uh, however, there were a lot of people that had took issue with Oscar tapping out. Were you one of those people? Well, when she tapped, I was like, "Oh, oh snap!" But you know, I kind of moved on from that. But I did did kind of take me back. I was like, "Man, they had Oscar tap," so I wasn't like upset about it. But I it did take me aback a little bit. And I do want to say that with Natalia, one of the things that you know. You know, in the past, I had always said, like, you know, I kind of feel bad because when Natalia comes out, I feel like she doesn't, people don't get as into her matches as, you know, they should be getting into them. And, but this, but recently, like you said, she's on a hot streak. I feel that ever since that, you know, she had, you know, consecutive matches, consecutive wins, and then she had this, you know, this history-making match in Saudi Arabia. And today, I sort of felt like she had this, like, new presence, like this more, uh, I don't know how to explain it, like, she was just, like, more of a presence and I think that the fans were more behind her so I did like that aspect and I kind of feel like I really like what they're doing with her and like it's finally like you know coming into place and I just do think that my problem though was with this match was that it went too long Mm -hmm. I felt I think it was like two commercial breaks happened in between them I felt that it kind of took me out a little bit because everybody was talking about NXT, NXT, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to see some of that, you know, but I kind of felt this match did go a little long. It was good, but I think it went too long. Yeah, I, I th- to me, the last couple of weeks, Natalia's been clicking. Like, I, it's just, it's worked for me. Uh, it seemed like Natalia has been the star of this this act. She's been getting the wins, and I think that's cool. Charlotte gets a big hot tag. That's something that we don't really see a lot of. And what I don't want to see is Charlotte going full babyface because she's just not good at it. Just she's such a better heel. Oscar uh, caught Natalia with a big head kick outside. There's a, a weird natural selection that hits on Kyrie, but Oscar puts her foot on the ropes. That moonsault that Charlotte did was not good on both of them. She no, al- she no. She almost over rotated. Then she pinned Kyrie, who she didn't even really hit. 
So that was rough. Um, what I did love, though, Kyrie's going for that elbow in the corner, and Charlotte just throws her foot up. Man, that was perfect. Uh, Kyrie ate the boot perfectly, sold it well, and uh, Natalia ended up beating Asuka after a second sharpshooter, actually. But I- I'm in agreement. It could have been like one commercial break, like start it after the first one and maybe run through that. It just seemed like it extended on with no real stakes. Also, it seems like always the way to get a title shot in this division is beating the champions, and I don't like that. There's something special about a challenger working their way up and then getting to face the champion. It just seems... Because here's the thing. Either you're going to 50-50 somebody or you're beating the champions two, three times in a row. And that was the reason you got rid of the the rematch clause anyways, because... You didn't want to back yourself into a corner where somebody lost two or three times in a row. Man. But uh, I, I like some of the work here. I like what they're doing with Natalia and Charlotte. Kabuki Warriors are great. They're over right now. They're working. Andrew Thomason says, Are kids the reason you won't interview Heath Slater? I'll interview Heath, Sl- <laughs> Heath Slater. I don't care about his kids. But Eloquent says, Why doesn't Triple H care about NXT alumni on Raw? So here's the thing. I don't know if you guys watched it or saw this on social media, but they kind of brought that up. Like, because here's the thing. If Triple H is all NXT, you're thinking, well, why doesn't he care about this person? Why doesn't he care about that person? Bailey put on Twitter, well, wait, he's going to turn on all of you one day too, just like he did all of us. And the thing is, this echoes real life sentiments, Denise, because I've spoken to multiple people that were in NXT. And everybody assumes, oh, well, they're NXT's kids. Talking about 40-year-old men that came from NXT as or as Hunter's kids. And they're like, well, you're not Hunter's kids when you're not there anymore. You're just, you're just a part of the machine when you're up on the main roster. So this echoes real-life sentiments. And you saw it from Bailey, Alexa Bliss, and I don't know if it was Dash or Dawson, but I love how they tied that in on social media. It made a lot of sense. No, yeah, that really does because now that, like, you play it all together because, you know, everybody – because what I like right now is that, you know, Triple H is, you know, he's he's you know, he's playing a big part in terms of being a leader and really leading, you know, the NXT, you know, uh, invasion here of Raw and SmackDown. So they have, like, a leader, you know, and I feel like it adds more importance to it. But if they add this perspective of, oh, hey, you know, he might not always have your back because he didn't always have ours, it kind of adds, you know, another layer, another another layer to, to all of that and how, you know, maybe maybe you shouldn't be trusting him as much or whatever the case may be. So I do like the aspect of, you know, adding two sides to the leader that we're seeing right now. Rob Wilkins says, Long Island fears Lafayette, Louisiana. Any word on how backstage was today? I still hate Embiid. Wish he was stuck in Saudi Arabia waiting for a plane. Uh, I've, I I heard a, some rumblings about a meeting. I haven't really confirmed that. I only heard it from one person there. And with stuff like that, I like to uh, talk to at least uh, two people, but I did hear there was a talent meeting backstage about the situation and kind of trying to boost morale and stuff like that. But uh, I'll see if I can't confirm that by Wednesday. Listen, you boy, 6 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you guys check that out. Buddy Murphy defeated Cedric Alexander. This was a little too short. The action was good, Denise. You could tell they impressed Jerry Lawler. Like I can tell Jerry Lawler has not seen much of either one of these guys. Because they did the counter from the Murphy's Law into a Michinoku driver. Cedric got some offense, but Murphy won this 
pretty quickly. Uh, Cedric got his handspring kick that I don't think makes any sense, but I love the swinging flatliner. I love his Tope Hilo, and I love Murphy's Law. I love that finish. What did you think of this match? Like I said, it was a good match. I think that, again, like if it was on a pay-per-view and it was longer and it had that good build, that people would have been really into it. And I think that, you know, it's funny because even though this match was really fast and people didn't really seem to care about it, you know, I just, I enjoyed it because, you know, you just, sometimes you just want to like just watch good wrestling. And that's, that's what we were seeing today on the show with, well, with them too. And so I just kind of feel like, yeah, it was kind of a bummer that there's really nothing much else, you know, surrounding, surrounding that. Like it, I need a little bit more, you know, to it, to the story aspect of it. So Buddy Murphy's always trying to think of new moves and stuff like that. He told me that he sat on Murphy's Law for like six years before he used it as really? a finish. And one of the moves that he sat on too long was the Hammerlock DDT. And then Andrade started to use it, and he was like, damn. So like he And he says he's got several moves like that that he just kind of keeps in his back pocket because if he uses it in the middle of the match, somebody will steal it and somebody will do it. So when he went with Murphy's Law, he made it his finish, but uh, yeah, Andrade ended up using that hammerlock DDT and made it really good. Andrew Thomason says, having no legs must make stomping children harder. I wouldn't know. I'm not short. I'm very tall. Aaron, J- <laughs> Aaron Chase fan says, I think that crowd needed a cat to show up like in the NFL game. Was there a cat uh, during the Cowboys game? I, I have am, no idea. <laughs> I am a cat guy, Denise. Do you like cats? As much as I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, I hate cats. I'm sorry. They creep me out. I feel like they're going to, like, kill me or something. You know? Like, I just feel like if they see me, they're going to scratch my face off and peel my skin out. I'm sorry. (laughs) I like them in pictures of their kittens from far away, but ain't going to happen. You'll never see me pet – oops. Okay. You'll never see me pet a cat. Um, you'll rarely see me pet a dog because I'm afraid of dogs too. So <laughs> yeah. What? I I'm sorry. Is there like a feral cat issue in LA that I don't know about? Like- Actually, my street is cat town. I swear to God, there's like 40 different cats that live here. Like between like these four houses that are by my house. If you come here, it's a cat lover's dream. There are so many cats, which I don't mind because that just means there's no rats. So basically, you every day is like me during Halloween and trick or treat. Like there's just kids yeah. everywhere. And oh my gosh! Okay, and funny stories. So the day of Halloween, I went outside to go take photos of myself in my Triple H costume, and there was this cat who was just watching me like this with his hands and his chin, and I was like, "You stay over there. That's fine." I loved your Triple H costume. I don't know. Thank if, you. Have you put that out there like publicly? I, I know I saw it on like your, yeah, your Facebook. Yeah, I posted on Twitter. I posted it on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. That thing ruled, and I loved uh, your fiance going as the sledgehammer. Amazing. Yeah. Real good yeah, stuff. Yeah, he did. He did the whole thing. I just told him, "Hey, I want to be Triple H. This is the Triple H I want to be. Make it happen." And he made it happen. Joseph Farley says, "I like cats because if I die, they'll eat me." <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, I bet kids probably would too. Andrew Thomason says, must be tough. Took the U.S. government 300 plus days before they flew me back home from that region. Still have sunburns 10 years later. My God, man. My God. I think think I'm caught up on the super chats. 
I believe so. So Seth Rollins comes out. Now, we had been told all weekend, Denise, Seth Rollins is going to come out and he's going to he's gonna address his future. What's next? And then he says he doesn't know what's next. What kind of an arrogant prick do you got to be to go and say, yeah, you know what? I need this time. Uh, I got to let the crowd know what's next. And he doesn't know what's next. Now, he did say that he hears the boos and he knows a lot of people were happy to see him lose to The Fiend. But he doesn't care. But uh, this guy, come on. But to be fair, he did have some valid points. You know, he's already been through the whole Brock thing. And now it's sort of coming back. I kind of preferred him saying, I don't know what's next. And for him to say, I'm going to go after Brock once more. Because then I would have been like, nope, I'm out. I'm not, I'm done. I'm done. I've seen this a bunch of times, you know. So I kind of didn't mind him saying like I don't know what's next you know because I did kind of feel that that was kind of real you know if you've already gone through all the rounds what is next for you you know so that didn't bug me too much oh it bugged me he's been like the worst written top character in such a long long time like man nobody sympathizes with him nothing but Triple H comes out to giant NXT chance the biggest reaction on the show by far Triple H points out all the times he's been there for Seth. When he signed Seth to NXT and he became the champion. When he brought Seth up from NXT and the Shield started. When the Shield broke up and he became Universal Champion. And uh, Seth goes, yeah, but that stuff always helped you. And I love their back and forth here. It seemed improvised. I don't know if it was. But it seemed that way because... Seth Rollins, like normal Seth Rollins that we've seen written for for the last year or so, would just be would just defend his point till the end. But Triple H goes, "Hey, who cares if I benefited from those? So did you, and that was the point. We both did." And Seth is like, "You know what? You bring up a good point there." Triple H then says that Seth Rollins is either with him or against him. Now, did you watch SmackDown, Denise? Yeah, I did. Did you? I, and, hey, you work with X Pac. Did you see the? Oh rec- no, I knew that right away. Oh, exactly yeah, for sure. That was awesome. And I saw that today on Twitter. You mentioned that he referenced it around again with the Nexus thing. Yeah. So I, I mean, I personally liked obviously the one that he did on SmackDown a lot more because it was pretty cool. And then it was kind of like a evolution of you know when you think about like the history and everything that has happened, you know, from different factions that he's been a part of to now he's this leader of this whole brand. Um, That was pretty cool. Now, obviously, that one was intentional. I don't know if this one was, but I like it anyway. Even if it was unintentional, happy accident. Uh, Seth Rollins says that Triple H fired the first shot when the roster was overseas, and Triple H says, well, it was smart. Undisputed Era show up. The OC come out right after, but they get jumped. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. By Damian Priest and Donovan Dijak. Then uh, a roster of geeks empties out to run them off. And you know, I was talking to, to Warren Hayes and Alex Palowski about this, and they're like, "Oh, well, they got ran off by the geeks, Hawkins, Ryder, Truth, and Rowan." But you also had three members of the OC out there. So you had three members, you had like seven guys out there to battle. I think it was six guys or five guys, however the hell many it was, five or six. So I see why they, they ran them off. But what did you think about that? No, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I loved everything up until that point where they started running backwards. I was like, no, guys, no. You are the yeah. cool guys. You're the edgy guys. You're the ones from NXT, you know, that you are have this different vibe, this different aura. You should not be backing up. Like, so what if it's, you know, more guys or whatever? Like, I want to see this go head to head regardless because, you know, you kind of have that, like, screw it attitude. I'm going to go for it. So it's funny because I... I loved everything. That one tiny part where they were backing up, I was like, no, I'm, no, no. Hawkins and Ryder preferred- of everybody. Hawkins and Ryder of everybody, all due respect to them. Very entertaining dudes that I enjoy, but here, mm, I, I, I see what you mean. Nobody touched Seth Rollins. Nobody. I think that's that's interesting. And as, as and they I, made a point. They made that a point in commentary to yeah. say nobody messed with Seth Rollins. And uh, we don't see a lot of well-executed invasion angles, and this one's probably only lasting a few weeks, but it's to help get some interest in NXT. I'm very interested to see what it does to the, the viewership numbers, which, quite frankly, I think Nielsen viewership numbers are absolute dog shit and, quite frankly, not accurate whatsoever. But I'm still interested to see how they increase or decrease relative to previous weeks. But uh, I don't think they're a fair representation of how many people are actually watching. But um, they are an accurate representation of how many Nielsen homes are watching and how that fluctuates. So I guess we'll we'll find that out. But it's – but I guess, like, because, you know, that's the, the numbers people are looking at. Like, that's why, like, it still matters. Sure. But I was thinking today, I was like, man, if you're a person that doesn't watch NXT and maybe you just watch Raw and SmackDown or, or Raw or SmackDown, and with all of this NXT stuff happening, if you're not tuning in to NXT on Wednesday, I have no idea what will make somebody tune into NXT if these last two shows didn't do that for them. So I am, like, so super interested to see how it does in terms of, you know, numbers as if it's going to, you know, skyrocket, if it's going to be AEW, or if it's just going to be at the same level or what, you know, it's going to be really interesting. Damn, my mic fell down. Yeah, I I think they should bring the lights (laughs) up a little bit on NXT. There's going to be a lot of people that are tuning in for the first time, and they're going to see 
just dimly lit. Like, it, it doesn't hurt to yeah. light the crowd up a little bit. You don't have to make it exactly like WWE. but No, but it's really, it's true, though, because I have this cousin who's a casual wrestling fan, and the first thing he said to me was, hey, Denise, is NXT like the minor leagues? Like, what is it? And when he said that, I was like, no, people really do think that. Yeah. And, you know, you have to go out of your way to explain that, and it's unfortunate. Jacob Noble says, do you think it'll be Team WWE versus NXT 5-on-5 or Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT 5-on-5-on-5? On on do you see anyone turning on their team? I could see somebody turning on their team. I could see a person turning on their team and joining NXT. But I personally think, this is not me reporting anything, but I think it'll be WWE versus NXT. Because I think if you throw Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, that... One, it's too convoluted. It's 15 people in one match, maybe 12 if you do four on four. But also, quite frankly, there, there are a lot of people that aren't familiar with the rosters yet and uh, might be a little bit tough. What do you think, Denise? Well, actually, that's what I was confused about because I was like, okay, it kind of it doesn't really feel like it's Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. It feels like it's Raw SmackDown versus NXT. But then the matches that they've so far have announced, it's been Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. So then I was like, okay, you know, are they going to make it like like that throughout the whole show, or you know, I, I really don't know. But based on what I'm seeing right here, right now, where they're doing the three, it's kind of. I, I really don't know how that's going to play out, to, to be honest. But it does really feel like it's WWE versus, well, Raw and SmackDown versus NXT yeah. versus them three. Because even when even Raw commentary today was kind of just saying, like, yeah, like, Raw's the A-show, Raw's this, Raw's that. But they never really threw shots at SmackDown. All the shots that were thrown were to NXT. So it's, I don't know. Oh, by the way, Seth Rollins challenges Adam Cole to an NXT title match tonight. Triple H agrees. Zelina and Andrade defeated Catalina and Sin Cara. Uh, Zelina calls Catalina ugly. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, but ugly ass. That's what but she said. Ugly ass. It's a woman that something needs to hide under a. Yeah, that's what she said. She it's, went for it. So Catalina was called like three different things: Katrina, Catalina, Carolina. My God, and her name on this show is Catalina, but she was called like three different things over the course of two weeks. Uh, she hits a cannonball before the break. We see Zelina doing a tornado DDT on the floor to Sin Cara after the break. Catalina gets the hot tag. She did not have good range on her jump. She took out Zelina's knees. But I'm kind of excited and happy to see a masked women's wrestler in WWE. We don't really see that a lot outside of La Luchadora, which was a joke a couple years ago. But um, she hit an inverted powerbomb and a gory bomb. Sin Cara took out Andrade. And Zelina ends up winning with a spiked Rana. Now, glad Zelina won. I, I know that a lot of people were like, oh, well, you're establishing Catalina. She's still, she's 19. She's just brand new. And quite frankly, not quite TV ready at some points, maybe a half a step off. And Zelina and Andrade are top level ready right now. Catalina, not quite TV ready. Zelina, top level ready, at least with Andrade. How how do you feel about how this one unfolded? Catalina losing her first match and Zelina winning. Yeah, I do kind of feel like something's missing. I think I from last week to today, I kind of felt like more of a disconnect where I wasn't as excited. You know, like yeah, it's definitely refreshing to see a woman with 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 a mask on. So I do like that aspect of it, but I do think that 
we should be seeing maybe something more from her this week. But given that, you know, obviously, like you said, you mentioned, like, she's still young, etc. Um, that's perfectly fine with me. So I just kind of did feel like something was missing. It kind of felt like when it was still, like, a little slower when she was in the ring. Sort of kind of like it took a little second to, like, set things up. And uh, I'd like that Zelina got the win because, you know... She just has so much attitude, and she's doing her part very, very well. Um, everything that she does has been absolutely done the way it should be in terms of what she does on uh, what she does in the mic, what her role is when she's outside on the ring, whatever it is, she does what she's supposed to do. So I like that she got this win. I do too. Rob Wilkins says it's the effing Catalina wine mixer. Clever. Clever. Eloquent says, Shayna Baszler's an underrated promo. She's great. Yeah, she's the type of person that WWE scripting, I think, can write for pretty well. And we're going to talk about that later. But yeah, I agree. Chris and Ashley says, dogs rule, cats drool. That is an objective lie. Lie. I don't Starting know. way too much drama on ah, here. <laughs> Kristen, why? Kristen, why? Uh, up next, we had... Rusev defeating Drew McIntyre via DQ. <sighs> Rusev's ready to end all of this and calls out Lashley, who cannot compete because he tore his groin banging Lana. It's huh. so confusing. I thought Lana didn't want it all the time, and now they're basically saying, like, you know, Bobby Lashley was so good, he hurt himself. Well... I don't know what's happening anymore. Great news, Denise. Bobby Lashley's penis and ball sack are not actually injured. He attacked Rusev, caused a DQ for this completely heatless match that nobody gave a shit about in the crowd. Uh, there, There is not enough equity between Rusev and Drew McIntyre for the crowd to be arsed about their strike trade. And that's a shame. Because these are two guys who by now should probably be former world champions. Both of these guys, Drew McIntyre, one year ago, was hot as hell. Fresh, like, fresh off the Dolph Ziggler thing. And then he started to lose the Dolph Ziggler all the time. And get eliminated by Dolph Ziggler. And Rusev's had chance after chance after chance. And no fault of his own. Pushed back down and embarrassed and <clears throat> whatever. Well, Randy, or funny. go ahead. Sorry. I know it's funny because I wrote a pro and a con to this. I was like, con, Drew McIntyre is being associated with the storyline. Pro, mm -hmm. TV time, and they had like an okay match, you know? And the con is the Drew McIntyre-Bobby Lashley connection just continues. He and Corbin and Lashley have just stayed sewn together for so long, and it's just so frustrating. Randy Orton joins in on the beatdown, but Ricochet comes out to make the save. Okay. Cool. I'll tell you what's cool. This Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler promo. I loved this damn promo. Becky Lynch is being interviewed by Charlie Caruso and confirms a triple threat match at Survivor Series between Bayley and Shayna Baszler. I'm taking it to my grave. I'm like 95% sure, and I haven't been told this. But I think Bailey's going to win. This isn't a situation like me being flat out told that the Viking Raiders are going to win last week and then they changed it. I just think Bailey's going to win this because they're treating her like an afterthought. And I think that Bailey's character, that's what fuels her. 
And I think that Becky and Shayna will be so concerned with beating each other that Becky or that Bailey sneaks in while those two are battling it out and gets the win. Shayna interrupts her and even says she'll have her eye on Bailey, but she's going to pin or submit Becky. And she's got a couple weeks to worry about which limb she's going to take. Shayna reminded her that she trained with Ronda Rousey, but she's not Ronda Rousey. I just thought this was an outstanding introductory promo. There are a lot of people, quite frankly, on Raw or that watch Raw that might not know who Shayna is. Might not know the history. Becky set it up well. Shayna set it up well. They did the face-to-face. Neither woman stepped down. They were both there and ready to fight. And that's the difference between Becky Lynch and a lot of baby faces that they book. Becky Lynch hasn't really lost her edge. It's not as edgy as it used to be, but she always loves to fight. She loves to defend her title, and she won't back down from anybody. I just enjoyed the hell out of this. Uh, How did you feel? Well, it's funny because I just feel that, you know, if you tried to do the story, you know, of two badass women with Becky and anybody else, I feel it would be harder for me to believe. Mm -hmm. But because it's Becky and Shayna, it's just so natural in terms of you look at these two women and you don't want to mess with them. Like you truly honest to God believe that both of these women are badasses. And there's only so very few women that I feel have that, you know, in pro wrestling in general. The only other person that I can think of right now is Tessa, where they have this thing where you're just like killer instinct, like they have this different vibe, this different persona when they come out and they talk and, you know, they, you just know that they will kick your butt, you know. And so I just feel that, you know, yeah, Bailey is sort of an afterthought. You know, I would, you know, I hate to say it, but I think maybe that if this match was just Shayna and Becky, their hype would be just so much more and so much stronger. But if Bailey does win, I think it would have to be in a situation like that where Becky where Becky and Shayna are so distracted with one another, like you said, because that's the only way that I can really see it as, you know, something plausible. Eloquent says, does Balor get involved in Survivor Series? I would think so somehow. I see like some sort of OC Balor face-off thing there. Like, I would think so. I really would. I don't believe we have any other Super Chats. I thought we had one, but we don't. But yeah, I loved I loved the Shayna Becky stuff. Really dug it. I did not dig the OC versus the Street Profits and Humberto Carrillo for a lot of reasons. Uh, OC talk about the NXT guys. The Street Profits cut a promo about beating the OC two weeks ago, and it was very much like a nanny nanny boo boo, stick your head in doo doo. We beat you two weeks ago thing. Cool. Um, they then had Humberto cut a real rough promo too. It's just not a strong suit yet, it, and that's okay. Uh, Montez Ford gets isolated and worked over. One thing that I did like, it really felt like when I saw him in there with Styles, Denise, it felt like a top guy towards the end of his run, the Twilight, and then a guy that hadn't quite hit it big yet, and it's a match that we're going to look back on in 15 years and be like, that was two special people like meeting in the ring. But, as quickly as I enjoyed that, pardon my language, guys, why in the shitting fuck... Did Jerry Lawler call Humberto Carrillo a jumping bean? 
<laughs> I don't know. There was some lines in there by uh by Jerry by Jerry today that were a little questionable, I think. Boy. Well, I didn't even one of the things I tweeted was I didn't even know what AJ Styles called Umberto. <laughs> I don't know what he said. They said that he said umbrella and I was like I did not catch that at all. Don't even know what happened. That would there. be at least funnier. That'd be at least funnier. Ah, oh, man. AJ pins Carrillo with his foot on the rope. So why am why are we supposed to care about Humberto now? Outside of the Battle Royal, he hasn't won a damn thing. Five matches that people that maybe watch Raw would have seen. There was a title match on a pay-per-view a while back, and he didn't win it. And then he's lost to AJ Styles twice, or three times now, and Seth Rollins once. And it's always been the, oh, he's young, and he's fighting from underneath, and then he loses. So, uh, who likes a loser? Well, I don't think I see it that way, though. I don't see him as like, oh, he's losing so much. I see it as he's coming in and, you know, he's getting all these big matches with, you know, these big top guys when in reality he should probably be, you know, not getting these matches, you know, considering that he just came in. And so I think that is what's keeping him afloat. But, I mean, if it continues longer and where it's like every single week, it's been like, what, two, three weeks now? Yeah. So if it keeps going more than that, then there's obviously a fine line where you're like, okay, this guy has to pull a victory ever since. But that is why I actually like the finish of this match because with AJ Styles needing to put his foot on the rope, it was kind of like, Oh, he had to like pull the stops. He had to cheat in yeah. order to get a victory over this guy. So that was, you know, not a clean finish. So it kind of helped him in that sort of way where it was kind of like, all right, you really had to cheat in order to beat me because, you know, there was a possibility that I could probably get a victory here. So but, I liked the finish, but I didn't like the actual match. I thought it was a little too slow. But at the same time, Styles hasn't needed that the last two times he's beaten him. And I'm like, man, if you if you are a minor league pitcher that get gets called up to the major leagues, and you're you're blowing leads and you're going zero and four, you get sent back to Triple A. You get sent back down to the minor leagues. And I thought the draft position of Carrillo was a little odd, but I think it's their way of saying, hey, this guy is something. But so far, they really haven't given us anything that makes us believe that he is something. Outside of him winning a battle royal. The battle royal win was nice, but uh yikes. Yeah. Yikes. I think we got a super chat where somebody said, Why doesn't Braun defend his greatest Royal Rumble title in Saudi Arabia? Uh, I don't think they'll be able to get enough people back over there to do another greatest Royal Rumble. Astros J five says Shana's face ja- face change to a little bit of doubt, chef kiss. She's very good at that stuff. She gets pro wrestling really, really well. She understands it. Uh, and, I mean, a lot of MMA fighters do, but she's just one of the, those breed that just understands the nuances too, Denise. Yeah. I think she just knows who she's supposed to be when she's on camera. You know, I don't think she's really faking who she is. Like, that's that's who she is. You know, she's that's just who she is. So I think that's probably why it comes natural to her and why she does those little things because that's just who she is. Well, if you don't want the lady in your life doing those little things, go to BlueChew.com and use the code FIGHTFUL and you'll get a super hard penis. That's right, an erect penis 
thanks to BlueChew.com code Fightful. The best thing? It's free. Getting an erect penis is free. How do they do it? I don't know. But I know how you'll do it very well when you go to BlueChew.com code Fightful. It's better. It's cheaper. It's faster than Viagra or Cialis. And it's got the same active ingredient. But it's a chewable, gets into your system faster, so you can get into your loved one's system a little bit faster, if you know what I'm talking about. You can do it all night. You know what? It's cheaper, not just because it's free when you go and use Fightful, the code Fightful, but you're not paying for that doctor's visit. That That's a part of the deal, man. You're prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. Just like, it's like you open up your front door, you look on your porch, and you're like, Wow! A box, well, it actually comes in a packet, a packet of erect penises. I don't know if that's the correct plural use, but you know what? Like I said, ships straight to your door, gets into your system a lot faster, uh, prepared and shipped uh, in the USA, so I mean, it's coming right to you, so you can come right to somebody else. My God, pal. All you gotta do is pay $5 shipping. They're giving this to you for free. You're just paying the mailman. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. I am just the king of subtle segues. Just subtle. No, you really are. Just I subtle. never know when they're coming. I know. And, and here's the thing. You'll be able to come whenever you want, fellas, when you use BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Hot dog. Hot dog. Kurosami1997 says it felt like Shayna had more respect for Becky than the other women on SmackDown because she didn't attack her. That's that's a little nuanced point, too. I, li- I like those little things. And here's the thing. I like it when you don't get beaten over the head with something, so you can bring away a nuance like that, Denise. Yeah, I like that that she brought that up because that makes sense because if you're a real badass, you don't, you're not afraid. You go straight to the person that you have an issue with or you want to get at, and you say it to their face, and... Again, that's why it's believable. That's why people are looking forward to this. And I I would love to see them go at it for, like, a while. Yeah. I don't know how long that will last, but, hey, we'll see. Uh, the Seth Rollins-Adam Cole match ends in a DQ. Seth Rollins wins, but no title changes hands. This was early on an NXT-style match, but the crowd did not really care, Denise. And that is disheartening. That is a bummer. Because every NXT crowd you see is white hot. And I don't know if it's conditioning. I don't know if it's because they're tired. I don't know what it might be. Do you have any, like, I don't know, theories here? I'm just thinking maybe they just expected a little bit more. I think they expected more in terms of something real big happening on the show. Maybe more uh, more NXT guys, more surprises. I don't think they felt there was a lot of... I don't... Like, there wasn't as many surprises, that's for sure. But it was a different show because I think a lot of people went into this thinking it was going to be exactly like SmackDown. But then you have to think, like, obviously they didn't have, you know, a lot of their talent there versus today's show they did. So... I think that maybe some people probably expected it to be that way and then it wasn't and it was sort of a letdown. And that's the only thing that I can think of in terms of that. Maybe they just kind of felt they were there to see a different type of show. So Cole catches Rollins with a great super kick as Rollins comes off the ropes, but there's not a ton to this match in the ring or the crowd. We get the superplex Falcon Arrow, but when Rollins is setting up for a stomp, 
the Undisputed Era attack. And I felt like this this finish was almost like a 2008 TNA finish. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I loved TNA back then. But the locker room's empty. empty. We see Ciampa, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle. Uh, Ricochet does a springboard star press onto the pile. And then Keith Lee jumps onto all of it. I didn't think that that Keith Lee dive was sold nearly enough by commentary. This is a giant man. And I think it should have been sold a little bit more. But I thought it was a disappointing match, a disappointing crowd, and, a, and an okay ending. Yeah, the ending was fun. I think because, you know, you just, hey, whenever you see a brawl, you can't help but to get into that. They were doing a lot of outside rope stuff, which was which was really good, too. Um, yeah, I just, I don't think the match was, you know, if you would have said a couple of weeks ago, hey, we're going to be seeing this match on Raw, I'd be like, oh, man, like, that's going to be exciting. And I just think it fell short of people's expectations. And I just don't know what it is now. I don't know if it's maybe just the Seth Rollins thing that every time they try to do something with him. It just doesn't go over with the fans. I, I don't know. But I just think that, yeah, I don't think the interest was as there. I think people were more mainly concerned uh, of, you know, more of it as a whole, more of the invasion purposes of it. Now, this isn't a super chat, but it's a point I wanted to bring up anyway. Cassandra Mann says, where were AOP and Alistair Black? These people are begging for fights every week. And you have just a plethora of people to fight, and they're nowhere to be found. So now, whenever somebody challenges Aleister Black, they need to bring that up. They should say, hey buddy, we were out here fighting people, where were you? Like, you wanted to fight real bad, but then you had the opportunity, and not happening. Also, uh, Young Bibby says, Carmella versus Bianca? That could be a good match. I think it could be. I think that's a low-key, like, you got... Bianca's still a little bit green, and so is Carmella, but Carmella's really stepped up in the last year and a half in the ring. I think that could be an underrated match, but uh, any thoughts on that and the Aleister Black AOP thing? So the AOP, uh, I just feel like with a with AOP, you know, we said this last week where I think it's time for them to actually come out and, you know, do something different. They didn't have their little thing this week um their promo this week so i feel like now they're sort of just waiting for it to be a good time to sort of have them come in and do this grand entrance um with alistair black i feel like it's the same thing like if he were to just come in right now it would kind of just be like a flop like okay he had all these promos and then to what like nothing he just came out and was a part of a brawl and i think that would be the same thing with aop where you would want something more than just you know a quick shot of them coming out and, you know, brawling in the crowd. Uh, although it does make sense because it should be there in terms of like, oh, you know, you have to, you know, defend Raw. This is your brand, etc. But I do think that it's more of them waiting. Uh, Carmella and Bianca Belair, I like both of them. And they both are very different, I think, in the ring. So it would be interesting to see them sort of come in together. That was Monday Night Raw. Of course, guys, we are here Wednesday night after NXT and AEW. We're here Friday night after SmackDown. But you guys can check out Denise over at underscore Denise Salcedo on Twitter and at InstinctCulture.com. Denise, what do you got going on this week? 
Oh, man, I got two shows on Friday, which is going to be crazy. If you guys are in the L.A. area, I have a show in Covina with EWF at 8 p.m., and then I have a Suburban Fight show at 12 p.m., well, 12 a.m., whatever, midnight, at midnight. Um, So that's going to be a crazy day. Um, Other than that, check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo, because I just surpassed 22,000 subscribers, which I'm really happy about. And then last thing, I finally have a shirt out on prowrestlingtees.com slash Denise Salcedo and I was so excited because like my first person that bought my shirt was from Germany so Uh, thank you so that was really exciting so um, yeah so check that out as well yeah check it out guys dig the shirt design very clever very original really like it leave a thumbs up on this video guys subscribe we're on podcast platforms everywhere like I said, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. There's something that you will like over there. We've got stuff all the time. The list goes on, which is our Listen Your Boy post show. Two episodes of Sour Graps a week. The Backstage Report every single week. The Weekender every week. That's five shows minimum every week. It's usually more like six or seven. So check that out, guys. Most importantly, visit Fightful.com. We've got AEW full gear this weekend. Actually, while we're here... Let's make some quick full gear predictions because I, I got to kind of get ahead of that and get, get the predictions right. video out there. So we'll run through this very quickly. There's only four matches announced right now. Hangman Page versus Pac. Who you got? Hangman Page. I got Pac there. I think they're going to keep him strong and push him towards the title. Young I'm just Bu- going with Hangman Page because they had a lot of hype for him at the beginning. Yeah. Young Bucks against Santana and Ortiz. I got Santana and Ortiz here. It has to be them. It has to be them. They're they're newer. They need it more than the Bucks. Lights out match. Omega versus Moxley. This one doesn't count towards their records. I don't like that it doesn't count towards their records. That does very much bug me. Um, so because of that, I'm just going to go with, with Moxley. Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes, AEW Championship. I don't think they'll take it off Jericho this early, but if they did, I'd be okay with it. Um, you know what? I'll just, I think they need to make some, some head, some more like headlines. So I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes. Fair, fair. Myself, Warren and Alex will make these predictions on Wednesday as well. Make sure you guys tune into that show. Till next time, guys, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.